back to the Whatnots Reactor Core number 56. My name is Kyle Springer, and I am joined, as always, by Melissa Wilkinson. Melissa, how's it going? Hi. It's going fine. How are you this week, Kyle? Doing pretty good. I'm, I'm actually exhausted, uh, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's a good, good. good week. I was off of work all last week, so I had to come back and do all the makeup work and just like nonstop being like <laughs> I hate this but it's it's good it's fine I'm <laughs> glad I got my vacation in so that was mm. fantastic but Melissa you and I are here to talk yeah. all about Eternals the brand new Marvel movie. We're a little bit later on recording this we than are, yeah. what we normally do, but I thought it was still important to uh, to get one to get uh, get a spoiler cast in on on. Right. This. We don't just do this for you and the audience. We do this for ourselves. Yes. I don't know what Kyle thinks about Eternals. He doesn't know what I think about Eternals. Exactly. We're all going to learn today. Exactly. Um. So, Melissa, yes. let me ask you this. As, as a, I mean, you guys all know we're big Marvel fans here at mm. the Whatnots. Uh, how, how were you, like, going into the, like, what was your mindset going into this? Because this is a team that I don't know much about. Yeah, I, I had watched some breakdowns that you know trailer breakdown and like speculation videos about this movie mostly because uh i think that stuff's interesting in general yeah. i i feel like it is i know it isn't for many other people but for me like i i think it's fun to compare what it looks like a trailer could be versus oh this is what the movie actually was i never feel spoiled for anything and also i was like there's so many new characters in this movie i want to get all their names and faces down let me let me get this into my head early so that when i sit down in the theater i know that's makari that's druig that's gilgamesh all yeah. my friends i got their names in that's smart i was i was excited to get into this because this is a, a, an entirely new playing field for the mcu there has been cosmic stuff there has been godly stuff, but this was a cast of entirely new characters. I didn't know if there was going to be anything familiar to me in this movie. And I like the fact that even uh, for a franchise that's like 20 something films deep going into this and then going into Shang-Chi earlier this year, it's like there's still brand new things to show me that have barely been hinted at before. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of in a similar place. I'm more of the comic book nerd between you and me. But um, yeah, this this is a, t a team that I know nothing about. Like, I've never read them, really. Like, may maybe they showed up in the background of a panel once <laughs> and I just didn't know who they were. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know anything about them. Um, so yeah, when they announced that this movie was going to be made this, it, it, in, in a weird way, it kind of reminds me of when guardians of the galaxy first got mm -hmm. announced and was coming out. Cause same thing, like for a yeah. lot of comic book nerds, there was a lot of people that just didn't know who these characters were. They're like, it's not Spider-Man. It's not Captain America. It's not Iron Man. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so, yeah, I like I I really didn't know what to expect going into this film. And to be honest, that's kind of exciting to, yeah. to have right this thing that you said has been going on for like 20 something movies to be a big comic book nerd and know a lot of the stories that they're pulling from, but then to still have these things that's completely surprising or new is so cool. It's so much fun. Um, so I, I was excited about this, but just did not know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Let's 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 get a couple stats here. Let's get some stats oh. going. I got the uh, the box office mojo pulled up right now so we are recording this episode on november 16th it's a tuesday evening uh this came out uh friday the 5th so it's just shy Mm. of two weeks after uh it came out here um but domestically so far it has made uh 119 million uh, and internationally, uh, 162 million, uh, and worldwide, 282.4 million. Um, so it's it Sounds seems healthy. to be doing decently. I know reviews out there were kind of middling, uh, for various reasons too, which we'll get in mm. in into uh and stuff like that but uh yeah seems seems to be doing okay despite uh you know some reviews that might not have been great uh i don't think it was breaking any records like oh shang chi is the most the biggest box office release in 2021 or who knows what but um seems i don't know what that was doing fine yeah um, i'm, I'm happy okay. for it. It, it it is a great yeah. theatrical experience it was a delight to see up on a yes. big screen yes absolutely which i think leads us into our spoiler free thoughts what did you think of this now that you have seen eternals uh what, what was your imp- impressions I liked it a lot. It really worked on me. I think it's uh, emotionally very compelling. You get introduced to all of these new characters. It's a lot to take in. But the movie is, uh, the lore is less confusing than I thought it might have been. I I understood everything. I'm also coming to it as somebody who knows Marvel stuff. I don't know if you'd like show this to my mom if the reaction would be the same. But getting introduced to all these new characters, I, I liked them. I knew them. I was able to pick out, like, these are their personality traits. These are the perspectives they bring to the situation at hand, what side they may be on, why there are different sides and they're not a united front, what everybody's powers are. I, oh, I loved them. <laughs> I loved that they loved each other. This is a very warm movie, which is my favorite part of it. Okay, good stuff. I I walked away from this film not con- con- confused, not particularly <laughs> conf- conf- conflicted per se, but just unsure of where I sat with mm. things. It's not your typical Marvel movie. I think no. I think this honestly might be the biggest risk 
that Marvel has taken so far of yeah um it's it's not your standard superhero film there the trailers pretty much showed most of the action of the film and in fact we got some some action and stuff in the trailers that was not in the movies uh or was not in the movie um but i think at its heart this is a family drama like it it is yeah. it is a more emotional dramatic story um that is set on a grander scale and uh in an odd way remind me of something just it it seemed shakespearean not in the way that he could take these these bigger themes and relate them to common people but Mm. how he had this like grandioseness to to a lot of his yes. his his stuff there the, the stories were sometimes like bigger and sprawling um and 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 that it, it I, I i'm not an expert on shakespeare no. so i might be wildly r- wrong oh. on, on on that but i I, th- I think you understand what what what, what, what yeah, i'm trying yeah i see to that say. connection you have a you have a large cast and a cast that draws from a lot of historical and cultural and literary context and archetypes. And when I name this character this, you know why and you know what that's supposed to symbolize. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it, it was really, really interesting in that regard. And I liked it. I also think it's going to be very important for the MCU moving forward. I I, I think there's oh, a lot yeah. of, of stuff that will call back to this film in a weird way, whether it's the mythology of the Eternals or the Celestials or the Deviants or who's related to who and this and that and <laughs> all all sorts of stuff. There, I I, I think this will be. It's it, yeah, like a, a a big risk for Marvel that I think if you're tired of the like, oh, it's just another Captain America, another or another Iron Man film, this might be refreshing in an odd way. Yeah, but it's also really long. And because there's not as much action might be a little bit more boring from what you would expect Mm -hmm. so could also maybe not sit with you like it's it's really in this weird spot that i think is kind of fascinating yeah i i like that it's weird (laughs) i like that it is doing the story that and the tone and the pace that feels right for this group of characters yeah and i i think i think when i initially walked away i also was like you know, this maybe could have been great as a TV show. Like it maybe could have been better to do that, to to get to dig in on these characters a little bit more. But the more I sit with it, the more I'm like, you know what? Actually, maybe not. Like I I I could see the movie maybe being longer, actually. And just like, let's make this a fucking you need to have oh, an, yeah. in, in, in intermission oh two my hours gosh. in, right? Like, I, Kingo I think Kingo sings, something... let's all go to the lobby, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, I in, the, in, in an odd way, I felt like it could have been longer, despite it already being like two and a half hours. Like, it's a really long, slow film. Um, but 
I, I, I don't, I like, I think it was kind of perfect that it was a movie rather than a mm-hmm. TV show. And the more I sit with it, the more I'm like, you know, I think I like this one. I, I, I think it's growing yeah. on me the more I like think about it and dig in and see how nuanced the performances actually were. Um, mm-hmm. they, they, yeah, they, it, it was interesting, but it's not without yeah. its flaws. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, let's see more final thoughts on eternal something else to say on that before we get into spoilers mm. and stuff like that. It's, no? it, it's gorgeous. And like yes. I said, it's a very warm movie. I would like people to know that going into this. It's a movie that's all about these very strong familial bonds between these characters. And there's a lot of like big group dinners and and hugging that I enjoyed. Yeah. (laughs) Good stuff. Uh, Well, with that, we will take a quick break for housekeeping. uh, And then when we get back, we will start breaking it all down and talking about the Eternals a little bit more in depth. So we will be right back. We put a lot of hard work into the shows that we make. And yes, we make multiple different shows here at The Whatnots, and we'd love it if you would check them all out. You can find out more information on our website at thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in The Whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. If you want to support what we do here at The Whatnots, patreon.com slash The Whatnots is the best place to do that. You can support us for as little as a dollar a month. You can get all kinds of exclusive content at the $3 tier. You can also get a shout out and thank you on all of our shows at the $5 tier. You can support us on Twitch by subscribing to our channel at twitch.tv slash the whatnots. And we would love to have you all join us for our live streams and talk with us in the chat. And lastly, we have merch. If you want to grab yourself a shirt or a sweatshirt or a mug or something else, go to the whatnots.com slash store to pick up some merch today. And we are back. A big shout out to all of our Patreon supporters, especially those at the $5 tier. So thank you to Sam for supporting us for so long. We love you a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Cool things that we've been doing here at the Whatnots. Uh, We just covered Flashpoint uh, on the review show, which is a DC Comics event, uh, which is maybe going to loosely inspire the upcoming Flash movie. Uh, We'll we'll have to see how much it ties in, but we wanted to cover that one to have in our repertoire uh, when Mm -hmm. when we discuss the Flash. So you guys can go check that out on the review show. Uh, If you like video games, uh, we are almost at our 100th uh, one of crossplay. I think this next Saturday will be number 99. Um, And there is uh, a lot of stuff happening in video games. uh, And there was a lot of stuff that actually happened today uh with activision and blizzard and all that stuff so i'm sure we're gonna be talking about that halo infinite released their multiplayer 
uh, which was supposed to be out December 8th, but now only the story mode will be out December 8th. There's a new Pokemon game coming out. All sorts of stuff is happening uh, in the video game world. Uh, so if you want to hear more about all of that stuff, Crossplay is our podcast where you can go check that stuff out. Uh, and I'm excited to get back to the captain's log uh, this yeah. this Friday because I was out this past week. So we didn't have uh, the ca- ca- captain's log like we normally do. So we got some catching up to do on all of that, mm-hmm. that stuff. Lots uh, of Marvel yeah. news to talk about on Friday. We had that Disney Plus day and all, all those, that news. Absolutely. All those new titles. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I say with that, we mm-hmm. should get into spoilers. Okay, here we are uh, in spoiler territory. About to discuss the Eternals. Let's see here. I'm going to. I got my notes here uh, with all of my plot breakdown things. Since it's been so long, I, I had to like yeah. look up like what's a plot recap and let me make bullet right. points off of that. I, th- uh, <laughs> I don't remember where it starts. I think it starts with all of them in their pajamas in the spaceship. And then Erishim puts like a gold dot into Ajax's chest and it, everyone's alive. And they look out, they look out onto space. And Icarus is like, you're beautiful. And Cersei's like, hi, I'm Cersei. Yeah. Let me see. My headphones just uh, messed up here real quick. Oh. Go back to my headphones. Okay, I should be good now. Okay. Um. Yeah, so it, it it starts off actually with a little bit of exposition to be like, this right? is the purpose of the Eternals. Yes! Like it, it, it that title almost card! had that like that yeah, the like Star Wars scroll thing, but it was its oh. own, own thing. I, I loved it. it. Ex- excellent text choice. It looked great. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um but uh, the so, yeah, then it's what you mentioned where we get to see the Eternals kind of being given their purpose and being sent to Earth here to be like, this is the planet that you will protect. Uh, you will, you know, beat all of the deviants uh, and make sure that they they are not killing all these humans and stuff like that. Uh, and the movie kind of returns to the, these different time periods throughout the film mm. where the Eternals are fighting off Davians. Um, and that is at, at, at least in the first half of the film, right? That like mm. we, we get these flashbacks of here they are in ancient Mesopotamia. Here they are in ancient Egypt. Here they are in Africa or Mexico or who knows what. Um, and. Yeah, I. I kind of liked these flashback sequences i i i, I mm-hmm. feel like we should start with that since they're sprinkled in and yeah chronologically they they start with that there i i liked diving into their pasts and seeing how they dealt with each of these conflicts and yeah. how their thoughts changed as time passed and stuff there um it's it's a 
good way to kind of dive into each of these characters and just the minds of like, well, Fastos wants to like, hey, I here's a steam engine, but it's like that eh, mm-hmm. might be a little bit too soon. <laughs> Slow for, down for, for that there. Yeah. Um, Introduce a blade, not blade that comes later. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, to to see how like he's wanting to just be like but we can we can do so much we can help them or yeah or seeing druig be like i i can stop them from killing each other like i i mm-hmm. i can be the one to like take over their minds and just have them d- go plant their crops instead or not yeah. get sick because we know that these things are b- 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 bad don't eat the those or <laughs> stuff like that like, druid they're, they're mind just... controlling somebody just to get them to spit something out of their mouth like don't eat that put it down <laughs> he has to be like fastos i i i have an idea so i'm i'm thinking this like g- green like bright green <laughs> face with like an, with, with a big tongue uh, like it tastes bad or something <laughs> uh, a sticker <laughs> All the great technologies to humans, the the wheel, uh, the cotton gin, the steam engine, the Mr. Yuck sticker, everything that brought (laughs) us to where we are today. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like they just have all of these small things that I, I, I think were were interesting to see how they thought and just how upset Druig got. Of just being like, why, why can't I use my powers? Yeah. Like, why, like, I, I was sent here for a re- reason and you're not letting me use my powers. Uh, and they're like, well, it's against our mission. And it's like, well, then why, why am I even here? Um, yeah, I'm going to leave. I, <laughs> I thought that stuff was fascinating. Yeah. I got it. I think Druig might be one of my favorite parts of this movie because I mm-hmm. mentioned I was watching all the speculation videos from new rock stars, which I mentioned five times every episode where we talk about Marvel stuff, but they were pointing out, they were talking about how it looked like he was going to be an antagonist of this movie. Like he's got that power to control minds. It looks like he splits away from the group. You see the, yeah. the footage of him in the Amazon. They're like, it looks like he's starting a cult of people who will follow Druig and do as Druig does. It made him seem like he was going to be like the villain. And I watched it and I'm like, oh, he's a minorly antagonistic in like the first half of the movie, but he's got really good intentions. You really understand where he's coming from. You like he doesn't he takes the mind control that he can do on people. Seriously, it seems like he doesn't do it for anything flippant. When you get to um, this camp where he lives in the Amazon, which I know is a while from where we are now, but. I like the foot, people were analyzing the footage and saying it was a cult, but then you get there. It's like, no, this just seems like a camp where people like work on ecological projects and they're wearing the same outfit because that's just like a work is, uniform that's easy to clean. And it is still kind of a cult because they are it's cult E, but they, it is not overtly yeah. a cult, which I found yeah. to be a pleasant surprise. It's probably not great, but the fact that. I was anticipating this to be a much darker part of the movie than it was. I was delighted at how this was more of a well-rounded, sympathetic character. 
than I had imagined he was going to be when I sat down. That's one of the fun things to me about watching like all the trailers and the trailer breakdowns and the theories and everything is that sometimes things go in a way I wasn't expecting in a way that I really like. I like to see how things are different, how you can analyze something, but you don't have all the context. And that, that, that character isn't a villain. He's actually one of the heroes. Yeah, and it, and that's the thing that I I like about this movie is that there are things in here that you 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 can have a stance like that where it's like oh it's not as bad as I thought but it's also yeah. deep enough that you can look into that a little more and and actually be like ooh yeah what he's doing there is not a good thing but he's also like there's there is this like like almost sympathetic side of that of like, well, he's also not like, he's not trying to take over the world with this. He just has his Mm. small compound. And if someone happens to stumble on it, he'll like rope them in to be like, mind control you. So this, you you know, you can like not spread that there is this, like there's a God out in the jungle. Who's (laughs) doing this. Like, he has both good and bad intentions in the same thing. And I think this movie mm. is filled with that. And you can yeah. look at all of these characters and be like, they each have a little bit of good and bad. And it's kind of about how these immortal beings are coming to terms with more with morality. Of, of just yeah. like, w- what do we do here? Do we do the right thing? Is this the right thing? What What is the right thing on a cosmic scale? Um, and yeah, I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, but, you're right. This is a, a, a movie where I was going in, like expecting these are, uh, this is a bad guy. And right. there really is, isn't any bad guys at the end. And the people who are the heroes do have a lot of sacrifices and and harm they have done and perspective harm like this we don't know for sure but this could have like galactic shattering ramifications from this we don't know what's coming down the line we just have to do what feels the most right right now with what we have right in front of us Let's skip ahead a little bit to modern day times because it seems uh, in modern day London, that is where Cersei and Sprite are living. Uh, Cersei mm-hmm. is dating a man named Dane Whitman, uh, who we will talk about a little bit more later on. Uh, he's played by Kit Herring uh, who I have to say, for the first like 20 minutes of the film, maybe the first half an hour, I could not, I, could, I completely was like, Kit Harrington, Richard Madden, same character. Like, just could not <laughs> tell them apart. I just they they look the exact same. Uh, it, it took me that's like half an hour to be guy. like, oh, that's two different characters. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll we'll talk more about Dane Whitman in a bit here. Uh, mm. but they are attacked by a deviant who they thought the the eternals thought that they had yeah. killed all of them off years ago uh thousands of years ago uh or hundreds of years ago i don't know exactly when but um yeah then they're they're like uh oh this is not good uh and that is when when Icarus shows up and he mm-hmm. kind of fights this flies deviant down. off. 
Yep, flies down, uses his little laser beams. He no longer needs his, needs his rose quartz uh, <laughs> glasses to focus them. Um, and he fights off this deviant, but they all notice that it's different from the ones they had fought previously. It was maybe a little mm-hmm. bigger. It had a healing factor. It seemed like it had some sort of mission or something. I don't know. Um, but something is strange. Uh, so with that, they are like, hey, we need to go talk to Ajak, who is the leader of the Eternals. Uh, and they go visit her on her ranch in South Dakota, only to find that she's dead. Bum, bum, bum. Mm. So what did you think I... of the like start of this, the film so far? Like this, this, this opening fight scene, uh, the stuff we got to see of uh, Cersei and Dane together in the classroom, uh, and then our, our introduction to Sprite. Uh, I like them playing Pink Floyd's time over the Marvel opening logo and then over the first scene. Which is in London, appropriate. I think that's where Pink Floyd is from. I thought it was a good music choice. I want to say that first (laughs) off. And another thing I really appreciate about this movie is that there aren't really many secrets. Uh, Dane Whitman is there with Cersei and Sprite when Icarus shows up, when the Deviant attacks and they have to fight him off. And Cersei just tells Dane everything. She's like, well, I'm an Eternal. Sprite's an Eternal too. That's you remember I mentioned my ex-boyfriend? Beings. That's right. Like, she just tells him everything. And he's like, okay, all right, I can move forward with this. Like, I'm very <laughs> happy we didn't have to have, like, clearly they've needed to keep secrets throughout history for centuries they have. But I like that the this movie took notice of its place in the MCU. Like, look at how many things Earth has already been through. This exactly. should be a world where if something odd is happening, people are more likely to just openly share that with their family and friends. Yeah. They're not oh, really going to be freak them out beings. anymore. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That makes sense. Yes, I'm familiar yeah. with this. Yeah. <laughs> I really like exactly. that they just got that out of the way immediately. She tells him everything. He understands that we understand it. Indeed. Yeah, I um I was kind of interested in the relationship between Cersei and Sprite, because it seemed like they were really, really good friends, uh, especially in a time of need, right? Mm. I think being immortal beings, that would get very lonely. And so as much as they kind of split up and went their own separate ways, every now and then they'll kind of run into each other or two of them will go that way and two of them will go over here. and it it just it seemed like they had a good f- friendship that was kind mm. of forged out of like the, the, this strict like loneliness. But I think as the movie continues, you see how much they didn't actually connect um, in the it's something that's not necessarily talked about. But by the end of this film, it is you 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 see oh Sprite is in love with. Icarus, who is Hersey's ex, uh, but Icarus also ends up being the bad guy of the film, or one of them, uh, and, Mm. like, it 
breaks the family up and Sprite sides with him instead. And it is just this idea of like, you guys paired up but didn't really talk about this. Like, no, like there, there no. was there, there was nothing like you guys were so close. You have this strong familial bond, but mm. there's just this one thing that I like you could have talked about. You would think there'd be like some Friday night where it's just, they're, they're just like, I don't know what to do. Like, there's nothing on TV. Like, well, what's <laughs> up with you? Like, how, how's your there life? Any you know? boys like, you like? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's, it's just, it's, it's really fascinating to see those character and family dynamics mm. there. Um, but I think Icarus is one of the more, in, I mean, they're, they're all fascinating in their own they way. Are. I keep saying that. Uh, but this is something I was not expe- expecting, uh, that I- Icarus ended up being basically the main antagonist, um, or yes. as, as, at least on a smaller scale um, that he he was so into like that. No, I, I, I want to stick with the mission here and that by the end, he's so set on like, no, we need to do this one thing. And everyone else is like, but we're also kind of here to protect the planet. And if we continue with that, the planet will be destroyed, which I'll explain yeah, and a bit here, but that was fascinating to see him go through that change. So I like yeah, that. I Indeed. yeah, I like I said earlier, I he also has a perspective that you understand. You may not agree with it. That might not be what you would do in his superhuman shoes, but it's understandable. It's sympathetic. He's not doing anything out of malice or greed or want of power. He's doing what he thinks is the correct thing to do, according to Erishim. He's like, I'm, I'm here to do what Erishim says. I believe in Erishim. I'm just going to do it. Uh, then he wanted the leader role over Cersei, not because of any grudge against Cersei, just because he thought she may not be as loyal to Erishim as he is. Yeah, it's like, he, it's all about Erishim. It's all about whatever he says. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I like that yeah. even skipping ahead to the end again, but he he has regrets about what he does. Like, there is no hard line anywhere in this movie. Everybody goes one way, but sees and understands the other way that they could have gone and the other way that their, their friends are going. Everybody sees yeah. a lot of different sides of things. I like that this is a movie with facets where the characters themselves are aware of the facets. Indeed. Uh, when they find Ajax dead on her ranch, she has this, I guess, like a gem or it's some kind of device or something. It's a little bit unclear exactly what it is, but it's a thing. So I'll just. Right. That's like her little communicator badge that she uses to talk to Erishim, and it's a glowing orb of light. It sinks into her chest. Uh, When they find her, that uh, goes out of her and then chooses Cersei to be the successor, Mm. to be the one to get to uh, commune with Arishem, who it was their handler, so to speak. Their creator. Yeah. I 
I guess I say handler in the sense that there are other celestials out there. There are, yes. Doing the same thing, right, to other groups of Eternals, which is something we learn down the road here. Mm. Um, But, yeah, it goes into Cersei, and Cersei is in, I, I think, more similar to Ajax than we know. But I felt like Ajax was maybe the character that we knew the least about. Um, mm-hmm. there's, just because we don't get to see her with the rest of them all that much we don't get to see yeah, she, her motivations yeah she is a bit separate I feel like I did get a, a solid grasp on who each of these Eternals are but there are some of them that unfortunately like uh, like Ajax kind of out of the story as an active participant pretty early Fastos isn't an active participant until later in the movie. He's like the last right. person they go and collect on their road trip. Uh, there, I feel like everyone got enough time, but I would have taken a lot more time with with any of them. I think they're exactly. all pretty interesting for what we do get to see. Exactly. Um, so after after we get that, it flashes back uh, to the 1500s in Tenochtitlan. I don't know how to pronounce that exactly. Uh, but this is where we first learn that Thena uh, is suffering from something called yeah. Mad Weary, where it seems like she's losing her memory or mm. just having some mental issues. She um, has too many memories. Like her, she's just, her mind's sort of crumbling under the weight of centuries of memories. And she starts sort of repeating these patterns, like thinking she's back in a battle, that everyone is back in danger again. And she'll yeah. summon her weapons and she might you know, kind of lose her place and fight one of her friends. Yeah. Um, in the midst of that, we also see Druid question uh, Ajax leadership. This is what I was mentioning with him just being like, yeah. why can't I use my powers? Like, I can solve this. I can stop this. Mm-hmm. Um, but their mission is really to not interfere uh, with the growth and development of humans unless it involves a deviant. They have to stop mm. stop them and do all that stuff. But uh, it's in the 1500s when they defeat the last deviant. And this is where Ajax is like, well, now that we've beat them all, maybe it's best we all kind of split split up. Uh, go your separate ways we, here. We need space. Yeah, because um, yeah. the, the, first they think they have to like kill Thena to, to stop her from potentially killing somebody else with her mad weary. And then Gilgamesh is like, uh, let me take her. Let me watch over her. Like he's like a, a strong sort of more uh, offensive brawler out of the group, him and his power yep. set. And he's even at the end of a very sweet relationship where he's sort of like the knight to her lady. Yeah. Oh, it's not like overtly romantic, but there's a scene in like the first battle we get in the movie where like all the Eternals arrive on Earth in like ancient Mesopotamia to fight off a pile of deviants. And we see her like he like offers her he offers her his hand for her to like step down from something. It's it's nice. It is old-fashioned but they are they are literally ancient so yeah yeah indeed 
Um, I, I liked them a lot. They ended up going to the Australian outback, and that's where they've yeah. lived for a long, long time. Uh, just a place where if Tina suddenly lost it or snapped or something, they wouldn't be near anyone, mm. and he would have the space to fight her and, uh, or at, at least like try and get her calm. Uh, first. Yeah. But if he did need to fight her, that he, you know, he would have that that space there. Um. Yeah, I liked that their relationship a lot. This is another one of those things of like, I would like to see more of it. And yes. like, ha, like, because he has this whole like, he's into baking and doing all this stuff, which is I, I was like, okay, that's where the pie when, when yeah. we did our what does eternal he just drops smell that like pie. It's cat, cat, <laughs> well, yeah, it's so sad like, when he drops the pie. Not to say that I'm you, not also sad when Ajax dies. Which is why he drops the pie. He's he's grief stricken to hear that Ajax has died. But I'm like, no, nobody wants to grab that out of his hand. No, nobody wants to get that pie. Yeah. It was probably good. But like, I I I I'm curious to see more of their dynamic and mm-hmm. like, why did he get into cooking? Like, why does he not have his own store? Has he has he competed in some like Food Network oh, thing? Man. And like, we just don't know it yet. Um, like, I want to know that stuff and we just don't get much of it. And unfortunately, Gilgamesh is also the first character to die uh, in in this. So it was just like, I didn't get enough of him. Like, please give me more. Yeah, Um, every the time we spend with everyone is sufficient, but it does leave you wanting more. Yeah. Um, so around this time in the present day is when they're like, okay, well, we need to get the rest of the band back together. Uh, right. So they first and they, they, they first go get Kingo out in Bollywood. He's he has this whole movie empire. Uh, he, he, he's he's been playing the a long line of like it, it's it's him the entire time but it like he was also yeah. his great grandfather and his right. grandfather and his father and he will then be his son one day yes uh because he's he wants to be an actor and do all of, of this stuff but it's, it's i appreciate his dedication yeah he just loves his work he loves his work so much that he will invent a new identity every 2025 20, years to keep doing Which, the same thing to be honest is kind of cool like uh, that, mm-hmm. that's pr- pretty neat um if you kind of read between the lines you also know he's been he, like he's a big fan of the avengers he said he used to hang out with thor when he was really young um it looks like he has uh captain america's like original yeah. shield uh, it, it looks like maybe him and Bastos maybe have were like was the inspiration for the like circular design mm. of of Captain America's shield and st- stuff like that. That's not confirmed exactly, but it's just like you read between the lines, you can see some of this stuff in here. Yeah. Um, and uh, we also get some meats. Uh, his valet Karen or Karen uh Karun and Karun yeah that might that might be it it's K-A-R-U-N 
And this is these two characters especially are the comedic relief of the mm-hmm. uh, film. And this is, I, I, I think, kind of one of my issues with the film. They tried to put the like standard Marvel formulaic comedy and stuff in this film, and I don't think it worked. Um, that being said, if this was a more standard by the books Marvel formula yeah. movie, I like I think these would have hit so much more because I I liked the comedy, but it just yes. felt so out of place in mm. the rest of the movie. It was just like I I I see you're trying to bridge the gap here as much as you can. Uh but yeah, how did you feel about the the more comedic aspects? I, I, I like them in general, but I do agree. I don't think this movie has the strongest grasp on comedy drama balance. I don't think there uh-huh. were like individual jokes where it's like that one doesn't work in and of itself, but just how they were placed uh, in the larger tonal patchwork of the entire film maybe could have used yeah. some fine tuning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, like all, all of the jokes by themselves worked. They are successful. Mm. It's just in in the midst of this drama, this more grandiose drama. It's just like these don't really feel like they belong here. Mm. Uh, So that might put some people off. But I despite that, I really liked those characters. Um, Prunes and so valuable. He's so sincere down for everything. He, I like that he constantly has a different camera. He's he's following Kano filming a documentary <laughs> that, that about him. That was maybe the funniest thing in the whole right. film, he's, just how he's, many he's cameras he has. <laughs> he's so prepared. And again, I like that this is a world where if you are a cosmic or superpowered being, you don't have to keep that a secret from the people close to you. I, I like that Kano was like, Tell that originally he did... Right. King was like, before I told him, he did notice I wasn't aging and he did think I was a vampire. He was going to stake me. So I did have to reveal it to him. Karun knows. Karun's in the club. (laughs) That's great. Which is like, this was another aspect of the film that I did not expect because I expected uh, Dane Whitman to be that character, to be the like, I'm just a normal human. Like, I don't understand. Like, what, eternal, immortal gods. But like, I've heard of Captain America. I didn't think he was real. <laughs> like, I. Uh, right, Hold like, on. I, I'm, I'm just not an urban I know, legend. I know. I know. I know. I'm just saying <laughs> as a joke. I'm just saying I, as a joke. I, I do like that idea, though, that there's some just civilian this deep into the narrative of the mcu who's like i don't think hawkeye's a real guy i think he's i think the internet made him up like slender man comics have a pretty (laughs) rich history of doing that of of Mm -hmm. going the urban legend route route like batman exists like i've 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 heard stories but i didn't think he you know that was real or like in marvel especially they often try to be like oh we're uh, filming a movie and Uh, they're 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 just like okay uh sure 
Uh, but yeah, they do all sorts of stuff to like explain it away. <laughs> but in in this, I was expecting his character to be like the the equivalent of me, who's just like, I don't understand oh. what's happening in this movie yet. Please explain it. Um, and that was not the case. And then we get uh, Karun, and uh, he was <laughs> amazing. He was so good. Yeah, there isn't a continuous everyday human point of view character throughout the movie. There is the scene where Cersei explains everything to Dane Whitman, but then Dane Whitman is gone for the majority of the film. She yep. calls him once and the call gets broken up and then he shows up like 10 minutes from the end. And like Caron is the civilian in the group, but he already he knows it. He gets it. He doesn't really ask a lot of questions. He just sits there quietly filming it's, things. Well, it's 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 not that he doesn't question things it's just he's like yeah he knows that if like these immortals exist i'm sure he knows you know the avengers exist all that stuff he's heard Mm -hmm. stories he's seen it on tv but it's just his instead of being confused and scared of like oh my god that's a monster like i'm 10 feet away like i could die he's sitting there like wow this is so cool and he's like filming it all like we're filming this documentary it's gonna be great like it's so he's just so wide-eyed and happy and just like you said he's down for anything and he's always prepared just like you smash one camera and he has another one it's like how many of these do you have i need the edit of karoon's documentary like him and peter want... parker making their own right. movies together would be amazing right. he's like i've brought in an associate producer to help me edit this uh <laughs> this is betty brandt yes. i wanted to look just like the midvale high school like 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 student announcements i love Absolutely. that that's one of my favorite little things sprinkled throughout the mcu or those videos that the students <laughs> edit together covered with watermarks absolutely it's great um but yeah so uh they go to get kingo and karoon uh then they go get fina and gilgamesh uh who Mm. like we mentioned are out in the australian outback uh but this is where uh we get our next big like info exposition dump here because Cersei uh finally communes with Arishem um and the, he kind of reveals the true purpose the the stuff that we got mm-hmm. at the start of the f- film that was like the Eternals were f- from planet olympia there are these like immortal superhumans they're meant to fight back the deviants and that's it like that's all um that's actually not true um and the they are there to get rid of the deviants but only because the deviants were the first things that the celestials sent and then Mm. they started kind of acting on their own and hunting the humans and and stuff like that so they needed to send a second group of beings to then stop the deviants and that's what they are but on top of that, they defeat the deviants so that the human population can grow or the, the, the mm. population of the planet that they're on can can grow to a certain point that 
the seed of the 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 little itty bitty celestial baby that's buried mm-hmm. inside the center of the planet can hatch and gr- grow into its full size and in the process will destroy the the planet mm-hmm. and so this is kind of the like cosmic morality thing of like yeah. well earth is gonna die like earth is g- going to explode all Mm. humans all life on earth will cease to exist however because we're doing this we can save other planets or or that like like we'll now have that much more technology to know how to help other planets down the road in other galaxies Mm. or different species like it's it's one of those things of like do we save the few or do we save the many what what happens yeah, here, and Celestials, also... I think, like... Hmm? Oh, I, I was just... I was just saying, it is also this thing of, like, but the Eternals have also been living on this planet for so long that they've yeah. kind of become attached to everything that's happened here. We like it and here! It's it seems like this, like, glowing ball of light keeps choosing leaders that are willing to question that of just mm. like i don't know if this is the mm. right decision um, yeah so there might be something to that but it's it's this one thing of yeah just like what do we do do we save the thing that we can here and now or do we sacrifice all of this for a potential greater future that we don't know exactly how it will turn out yeah because don't celestials like make planets did i see that they just like spin a planet out of nothing and like blow it out into the galactic i believe so yeah void and they're like there's a planet things will grow there and like a celestial could make however who knows however many planets so like that's what they're weighing against okay if we let this celestial it's named tiamat if we let it like crack open earth like an egg and like go living out in the stars it's gonna make like 20 new earths is that worth the destruction of this earth now where we already live and we like these people which now that i think about it could potentially add a new meaning to dr strange in the multiverse of madness that Mm. yeah if he's gonna make another universe right or another galaxy like that would that would be a multiverse mm. like that. That is potentially Marvel's way of explaining that. Who knows if that's actually what they're going to diff- do. A galaxy is different than a universe. Sure, sure. Or like a but universe I, like, is different than a dimension. Sure. I, I, I think we talked about this once on the captain's log of like, what is right? The- difference between a universe and a dimension or right where does a Uh, realm fit in yeah whereas another dimension is like we we live in 3d right Mm. and i I guess the the fourth dimension is time right is what they say or yeah something like that but that's what a that's technically what another dimension should be it is this like other sensory 
perception that we just don't have. So yeah, Ghosts. it could be something like <laughs> the quantum realm of like we don't that like that would be another dimension, but like an alternate universe, yeah, could be a parallel Earth type of of thing there. But I I guess yeah, I'm I'm thinking of it in the sense that like. We have our planet and our solar system and our star mm. system and our like that thing. But if we get enough celestials to then go over here and do their thing over there, like there's all that stuff over there. Um, and so it, that, I guess that could be seen as, yeah, like that's a universe over there. This is a universe over here. That's a universe over there. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Who knows? So we we haven't yet mentioned. That Arishim is very large. He's he's huge. This is one of the most successful. This is one of the most successful parts of the movie to me is how it works with scale. Like when first when Ajak and then when Cersei like goes up there to like commune with Arishim, they're like the size of a pore on his face. They're so small. He's so, so big. When Cersei goes inside the spaceship, she's in this massive cavernous room. At the end, when we see Tiamat begin to emerge from the earth, he gets these like fingertips out that are like, that's like a skyscraper. They're so big. I I love it so much. (laughs) I was trying to explain this to, to my friend Jack after we got out of the movies, that this is the perfect movie for where I am in life right now we're getting back into the holidays like that day i was talking about how i get to have thanksgiving with my family again i get to have this big family christmas party we didn't get to have last year i get to see my family just like the eternals do like they reach back out to each other it's not under the best circumstances it's ajak is dead uh and another celestial is going to crack open earth like an egg so we got to figure out what to do about that but it's like oh kingo hi like they they have those dinners they sit down they hug they catch up it makes me feel like where i am in my life getting to see like my cousins again even if we're not five thousand years old and then being trapped in quarantine in my apartment my like simple two-bedroom apartment where i'm the biggest thing around and i'm taller than my roommate and there's nobody but the two of us here so i'm not (laughs) used to anything being taller than me like also seeing this movie where it's like there's family togetherness and just big heckin' things. Yeah. It worked on me. It worked on me a lot. These were the, the sensor. This was the sensory input my brain needed at this time. That's cool. That's good. That's good. Um, yeah, so uh, we're getting the band back together. They learn their true purpose. They're kind of dealing with that, and that's when they're like, hey, we need to go find Jeruig. Uh, they go mm. find him on his compound. Um, and the the deviants attack once more. Uh, this is the fight in which Gilgamesh dies. Uh, after the fight, this is where we also learn that Sprite is in love with Icarus. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm, this is where her character started to get interesting to me of where, like, I finally start to un- understood. Oh, like she's, she's in love with this certain character. It's, but she, she's in the body of a child. Like she, she can't mm-hmm. have that relationship 
because it would look strange to a lot of yeah. people. It, it just it it yeah it, it's not it wouldn't really work out the way that she wants it to um and so she is this kind of tragic character of just like i sure i can entertain people and tell all these stories and light up the sky with fireworks and this and that and do all that stuff but i i can't have the one thing that i that i actually truly want even mm-hmm. though it's five feet back that way, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it just, and, and, and then like we said, to see her kind of pair up with Cersei at the start, it was this like, like oh, like th- this dynamic is starting to make a lot more sense and be a lot more tragic uh, than, than what I was ex- expecting. And it was just like, I, I like the, the direction that they're going with this i would like to 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 see more of it because it does when we first see sprite she has changed her appearance to an older mm. woman this is at i believe it was Dave's oh yeah birthday right yeah they're all and, at a bar yeah yeah and then there's this one guy that's like hitting on on her and she eventually reveals that she's you know she's not that she is this small child um and she's just like yeah i don't fit in exactly yeah um, yeah so. which is the the eternal quandary of becoming an immortal uh when you are not an adult if you're just stuck appearing as 13 forever now you're she's as old as any of them but because of her her physical state she's not on the same plane of experience <laughs> She yeah. can't have the well, same I, life experiences that they have. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get the rest of the band back together, they finally go get Fastos, uh, who has also kind of been living uh, away from the rest of them. Uh, he has a mortal family. He has a boyfriend yeah. f- f- or a husband and a kid. I think they're um, married. Yeah. Yeah. And they are living together. Uh, and he has kind of wanted to stay away from the Eternals and not use his powers. Uh, last we saw him use them was uh, at when the atomic bomb went off and he was part of the team that helped create that. And so to see the dist- the destruction, he, he was just like, yeah, fuck no, I'm I'm done. Yeah. Uh, not I... going to help them out with anything else because they'll just use it to kill each other and stuff like that. And that's not what he he wants. So I like that flashback. I liked to just him and Ajax in the rubble. Like we're just sort of dropped into it. Do we get a timestamp yeah. of like location and year, but we don't know where this is in the context of their lives. Why the two of them there, what they were up to, where anybody else is. It's just this one brief emotional scene of him being distraught. And it's not clear if he was actively like one of the scientists in the group working on that or if he's just thinking 200 years ago, I introduced this one thing that I know turned into this thing that turned into that that turned into the bomb. Like, even if he wasn't hands on with it, he's like my influence, even if it led to helpful things it led to this too and i can't bear that i don't want to play this game anymore of trying to nudge the humans into doing anything good because i tried it and it didn't work 
I'm just going to settle down and get married and never do anything more than fix my kid's bike. Yeah, uh, I read somewhere, I forget which site, uh, but apparently Chloe Zhao, uh, who directed uh, this film, had to fight to keep that scene in the movie that they kept trying to take that scene out in the giraffes, but she specifically wanted that one in there. Mm -hmm. For, for the emotional impact um, that that would would have. And I think it was a good choice on her part. Yeah, because um, it, 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 it adds it a lot to Fastos's character. It's a absolutely extra time that we have to spend with Ajax. I feel like that helps her since she's a character mostly illustrated through flashback. I th that helps add on to that. Um, also, their outfits were nice. I'd like to see everybody's outfits as we move through history. <laughs> That's yeah. like a very minor part of that scene. The fact that I like Fastos's jacket, but I do. Yep. And his, his bow tie that he has on. Yeah. Uh, he's stylish. He is. Um, last but not least, once they get Fastos back on the team, uh, they go and get their old ship back and uh mercari is inside holding the fort down uh just with all sorts of uh knickknacks and historical items and famous paintings and and mm. uh stuff like that and uh that's where they make a reference to uh god the necro sword i believe is is what they say no uh that's the one from excalibur well, they, they, they said that, that the sword was actually Excalibur, but they mm. asked if it was something else. Uh, All black, first. the necro sword. Yeah, it, it, it was pr probably that. Um, and yeah, that's an Easter egg. I thought it was it was going to be there's a, a. A sword that is kind of created and used as a very powerful weapon in the run of Thor that is inspiring the new Thor love and yes. thunder. And I, I at first thought like, Oh, it might be a re reference to that thing. There might be some kind of connection with there, but it was not. Um, <laughs> There's but, yeah. a very important thing. I realize we forgot to talk about. I have to mention this because this is one of my favorite details in the movie back at Druid's camp in the Amazon. They're sitting in some sort of like a, I don't know if it's like a, a chapel or like a community room or something, but like that's where the Eternals, thing, yeah. Have, yeah, where the Eternals have gathered to talk to Druig like, hey, we know we're not on like the best terms, but Ajax dead. We find out this stuff's going to like happen to Earth. Are you going to help us? And they're all sitting around having this tense conversation and Thena's sitting back there just very calmly petting a giant iguana on her lap. Like, we don't know where she got <laughs> it. She's like, presumably picked it up off the ground or it crawled into her lap. I don't know how iguanas behave. It's not focused on. It's just part of the maison scene. She's just sitting there as she is throughout the entire movie, just sort of serene, kind of checked out a little bit with this mad weary affecting her brain, just like calmly petting a large lizard. There you go. It's a, gr it's a great move. I like it. <laughs> Okay. Um <laughs> uh yeah, so that they get their shit back. The band is finally all back together. Uh but this is where we get the flashback where we finally get the villain revealed. This is where we see that 
Ajax has in fact not been killed by the deviants, but in fact was murdered mm. by Icarus. Um, and uh, d- d- this kind of revelation quickly comes to light uh, that he is the one behind it, that he killed her because she was having doubts and second thoughts and being like, yeah. maybe we should stop this celestial from appearing mm. and maybe we should save Earth instead. But he, like we said, he is the more steadfast one of like, no, mm. this is my purpose. I will let nothing stop me from achieving that. Um, and so, yeah, he's like, well, I, I guess that means I need to murder Ajax. Um, and in the revelation, this is where Sprite ends up siding with him and mm. they go off. I, I, I thought that scene was super sad that she like, you, yeah, I, I don't think it ever truly explains her thoughts on their purpose, but she's. It, it seemed more like she was solely doing it because she loved him and would, was just like, I will follow him no matter what. Um, mm-hmm. not, not like, well, I, I, I don't agree with him, but I'm in love with him, so I'm going to go with him anyways. It was, it was just like, I, I will follow him because I love him, and that's it. Maybe because um, she feels like she's been stuck for centuries. Maybe she thinks... I'd be sad to see Earth go, but I want a new beginning. I want a fresh start. I'd I'd be perfectly happy to go away with Icarus to another planet in the galaxy and start anew there and see what happens. Where she might have a different body or might have something. I I think it's important to note that, yes, when the celestial appears, not only will the Earth explode and all life cease to exist, but then the Eternals kind of restart their cycle. They are these kind of like indestructible bio organic something 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 beings that can basically be rebooted whenever the celestials feel like it um so yeah she she goes off with him for the hope of this second chance um and then what i thought was really fascinating was what kingo does yes here who who says look i I actually agree with Icarus. I just wouldn't have done all of the stuff that he did. Like I'm, I'm more of a pacifist. Like I don't want to fight. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have murdered someone, but yeah, I, I don't think we need to save earth. Like we can do something else. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff. And he kind of, I mean, he, I, I think he still sticks around, right? Is is that when? No, no. no. He, I like he what he says is that when... he's like, he he leaves he's like i don't agree with what you're doing but i respect your opinion i will not stand in the way of you doing that i just abstained from the situation me and karun are taking off it was good seeing everybody maybe i'll see you later that's right that's right yeah i thought that that was was a a great touch Yeah, yeah to like let him have that to let uh maybe one of the more standout characters of this movie abstain from the like the most of the third act and be on not, not the wrong side because this is such a, a gray murky area that everybody's uh working in but the fact that he's like i choose not to cooperate with you um but i won't stand in your way either like good luck guys <laughs> I, I hope you survive i hope i see you again 
I think yeah. that's a really interesting perspective that this is a movie where there are sides, but not always are the sides violent. Like there's a lot of understanding going on. To go back to the scene in Druig's camp, I want to say that after the, the scene back in, in ancient Mexico where he leaves, he like mind controls all the soldiers to stop them fighting each other and he walks off. I was expecting whenever they encounter him again for him to be like, no, I left this behind. I don't agree with you. But like, and things are tense, but it's not like disastrous boiling point tense between most of these characters at any moment. There is a thoughtfulness there. There is a also a sense of inevitability. Like I knew I was never going to get rid of you forever. I knew I would see you again. Of course, <laughs> that's who we are to each other. We will always cycle back around. Maybe I haven't seen you in 500 years but I will see you again. We'll fall right back into the same patterns. And I recognize like you are my family. We understand each other better than anybody else in the world could. And even when we don't agree, I don't stand in your way and you don't stand in my way. Like they just sort of leave each other be when they have disagreements because they're like, we have all of earth and infinite time. I don't need to stand here and fight with you about this. I'll just I'll go to another continent for a while. See you in some centuries. We'll see how we feel then. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Let's see. So, yeah. So uh, here we are kind of at the end of this movie where um, they are the r- remainder of the team mm. is then getting ready to figure out like how like is there a way we can like all like combine our powers or commune with Tiamat um, who might be waking up and Fastos has this idea to build a device which he ends up calling the Unimind which I thought was a terrible name for the the thing it was one of those things to me that like stood out like a sore thumb it was just like the uni- what is this toy story like uh, well it uh, makes sense like when you glue those words l- I mean, together yes, like does. i see how you got there that's literal that's accurate it's not a wrong name and they do kind of make fun of them for it, it it's, 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 it's enough it's, it's just, enough it's for the me. low-hanging fruit right it's right. The, it's the first I- it's idea it's not a, it's, like, well, it's it not works, as cool of a term it's... as mad weary yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I, I was expecting them to all do the like the claw, the unimind, uh, which <laughs> is the all of the LG, the LGM in Toy Story. We're all after or mm-hmm. Emperor Zerg was after the unimind of the LGM, which uh, anyways, I know you're uh, on such close basis with them. You just refer to them by nicknames, initials only. <laughs> That's what they're called, the little green men, the LGM. They are, but I've never heard anyone just immediately abbreviate it without introducing the full term first. Ugh, come so on. you guys go Get way on your back. Toy Story lore. I am on my Toy Story lore. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he makes this device that uh, will essentially connect the remainder of the Eternals uh, to kind of meld their m- minds and. Uh, essentially allow them to communicate with Tiamat or to hopefully do that, to influence him, to ask him like, hey, can you like stay inside the earth uh, and like not break out or something? Please go back to sleep. 
go back to sleep, Tiamat. They're thinking yeah. that if they yeah. combine their powers, they can like supercharge one of their powers. And the original plan is Druig's going to mind control him. He's just going to do a mantis and get Tiamat to go back to sleep. And then uh, another part of the movie is that Cersei's got these elemental controlling powers and she can like she can turn wood to stone she can turn wood to metal she can turn wood to water i really like her trying to explain this in the documentary and yeah. <laughs> and kingo's like okay you're boring <laughs> you don't have any screen presence i'm gonna move on to someone else <laughs> <laughs> yep and they're like uh, now that you can do that and like she well that's set up but then in in the fight at drug's camp in the amazon she does turn a, a deviant into a tree and she's like, I, I didn't know I could do that to living things. I thought I could only do it to like inanimate objects and materials. So right. they, they, dev- they changed the plan from put Tiamat to sleep to Cersei, what if you turned him into a statue? How's yes. that going to go? Yeah. And so that's uh, the, 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 well, there, there is a big fight. Uh, they're all fighting off Acherus and these like new mm. deviants that have appeared uh, there. Fina almost gets her life force sapped away, but slices the guy up. Um, and yeah, they end up like as Tiamat is hatching, they freeze him to like stop him and hold him in place uh and then when he's held in place this is where cersei then turns him to stone uh so now i i it's it's uh it's a volcano i don't remember where the volcano is located i think they said it's in the indian ocean in the indian i don't know exactly where i need a revised uh mcu world map but yes now, see as I a can. permanent fixture on Earth in the MCU, there's just part of a head and like one hand, giant like marble hand sticking out of the ocean. I'm so happy yeah, they did like, this. I love that this is space. Yeah. Like sticking out. I love that yeah, this is the so, change that among many other ones that it leaves on the MCU. I like that this is part of it. Like now we're going to get characters who are like, Oh, did it, Scott's got Cassie for the weekend. You know, her mom and her stepdad are going on a cruise. They're going to go see the big hand. Well, here's the thing, Melissa. Uh-huh. Uh, the idea of having a celestial kind of on Earth that is then like t- turned into stone or who knows what. Yeah. Uh, is in the comics and in the current run of the Avengers. Um, that's where Avengers headquarters is located. They find this celestial and they hollow it out. And yeah, they like ha- they basically build a building inside of it. Uh, and that Rad. is where the Avengers is. That that's where their their headquarters God, looking out from inside is located. So it really, it really could be that Scott has Cassie for the weekend and they go to Avengers headquarters inside the head. Right. <laughs> right? Or inside right. the giant middle finger. <laughs> right. Who, who will take control of this? I just want it to be like, I don't know 
how old Spider-Man is, if he's going to graduate uh, coming up in a few weeks in in No Way Home. I'd love to be like, class yeah. trip, you know, we went to D.C., we went to Europe, now we're going to Big Hand. <laughs> like the idea of it being exactly. a headquarters, like maybe, maybe Doom's like, I want to get out of Latveria for a bit. Take me to Big Hand. <laughs> yeah. Who, yeah. Who will move into Big Hand? Who takes control of Big Hand? Who knows? This is my new favorite part. I could watch the entire like Big Hand series on Disney Plus. I'm hoping new episode every week about what you can do there. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that that's the direction that they go in with that. Is that like this is then somehow like repurposed into like this is the new Avengers headquarters or something like that, Um, or uh, this is now the Galactic Embassy for uh, who knows what the the, that's i don't know um and who knows if this is like like i don't know the state of tiamat before he emerged from the earth if he had like tangible being in there like if you've just added tons literal tons and tons of like marvel of marble to like one part of the earth does that like throw anything off ecologically yeah 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 now that the world weighs a lot more in one place, does that do anything? Are we off its axis? Are we just going to, amid everything else going on, are we just going to get like, well, we tilted a little bit, and now a comet's going to get us. It's not connected to anything. It's not like from some alien race or weapon. It's just, you know, a comet. Interesting. Yeah, that, do you that think would this be is anything to know. I'd have to double check what specific ocean it was that was mentioned. But the scene did remind me of the bit in Endgame where Natasha's having the briefing with all the other surviving superheroes. And she's like, there's an earthquake under the ocean. Okoye, it's closest to you. What are you going to do? And she's like, it's an earthquake under the ocean. What am I supposed to do? We handle it by not handling it. I mean, yeah, it could have been little baby Tiamat kicking inside the womb. Uh, who knows? Because I, I think for a while we were specula- speculating that that was Atlantis or mm-hmm. wherever. Uh, could, could be both. Maybe this is how we get Namor. He just like crawls out of the sea. Like I used to live under there. Like now that there's like a big home. stone hand, like they yeah, like goes through my castle. I'm Prince Namor. I'm gonna walk on land and steal your ladies. Exactly. Um. Yeah, so that's that's pretty much how it ends. I think the final thing is that uh, as a result of all of this, upon seeing, I I, I don't want to say how wrong he was, but just all of the hurt and pain that he's caused because of being so steadfast and just because of him being so confused and now maybe having second thoughts or, or just the fact that he failed in his m- 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 mission yeah uh, icarus like his name implies flies into the sun but yeah i guess it's a mystery we know that they can die if the like the the eternals were going to die when the celestial emerged uh but I don't know if, a, like, flying into the sun would kill him. I feel like it would. 
they you know i think that's the implication but it is yeah also i mean one it's of those theoretically things that could possible go either way if they needed icarus back for some reason i guess they could be like he walked straight through he came out the other side hey okay but yeah he it's a it's a sad scene he's like i'm gonna fly into the sun this is my death i go to my death in the sun but i think it's an interesting choice uh that we have the villain, as it were, of this story, who has made, who, whose perspective, even if you don't agree with, you can understand, you can kind of see where he's coming from, how he thinks he is doing the right thing. And it is a right thing. It is a viable mm-hmm. option that the group at large at least considers for a little bit. And at the end, he's, he re- regrets what, he, what he's done, the path that he's taken. And he, he yeah. takes punishment upon himself. It is very sad, but I think it's an, an interesting choice that that was included. The like the personal emotional aftermath of the villain when the plan doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I felt like his death was a little on the nose. Um, I would have maybe liked to see something else, but I think it also kind of lends to this like grand scale that i've been mentioning like this this story feels archetypal or 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 something like that and it's like well his name is icarus like that's what that that's the only thing that he could have done he flies into the sun like that's what's supposed to happen so i think not having that is I, I felt like would have felt equally just as like, well, why didn't like, why is his name Icarus then? Like, yeah, if he chose, if he chose any other way, any other method of his demise. Yeah. People would have been asking like, you fly, can he, can he fly real high? Can he fly up to sun? Can he get up there? Thematically, <laughs> he should do that. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, so that, that is kind of where the, the the main section of the movie ends off uh this is where there, there is one moment where we see them all back at uh fastos's house uh there's a, again one no last they're all i thought moment. they all went to visit um ajax ranch in south dakota like it's a family trip there uh, is, everybody's is there where yeah. they are then Okay. Yeah. My mistake. Uh, but but yeah, they're all they're all there for a bit, and then the group splits up again because they're just like, well, we did our thing, we saved the earth. I guess we'll just mm-hmm. you can go back to your family, and you can go over here, and you can go over there. Uh, and uh, Sprite, uh, who is now super sad about Icarus uh flying off, uh, she. Mm-hmm asks to to be changed into a human no cersei offers this to her after the the unimind after she gets enough power to turn tiamat to stone she goes to sprite and says i still have some power left in me if you want i can change your form i can make you mortal do you understand the implications of that and is that what you want and and that then that's what she takes, yeah. Which is, is yes. I I I'm happy that happened because I was watching this movie yeah. thinking, 
oh, if Sprite's supposed to be immortal and stuck like this forever, this performer is going to age out of the role and then I won't get to see Sprite pop up anymore, except for maybe like one or two more times when she still looks young enough. So I'm happy mm-hmm. that they made her mortal just so that I have Sprite's an option on the table for as, as long as they want to have Sprite around. She can pop up from time to time. And I like that. Yep, It's good. Good for her. And then she enrolls in school and has to do like summer reading and homework. And she already hates it. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> yeah, if you. She's, uh... she's also excited, though, just like I hate it, but I'm excited. Like I've not had this mm-hmm. experience where like this stuff will actually matter for, yeah. for me now. Uh, so yeah, good for her. Good for her with that. Mm. Um, but then, Melissa, I think that's about all that we we can can say for that. That the group splits up. Half of them are on the ship. Half okay. of them are kind of well, out no, and here's, about. Here's the arrangement. Okay, Sprite goes to school. Um, and then it's no, no. Well, she's there with with Cersei and Kingo. Kingo comes back after. After the battle, he like reconvenes with his friends. Uh, no hard feelings. I like that. That like they everybody respected each other's choices in regards to that final battle, whether yeah. they participated or avoided it. He's there's no change in anybody's feelings about Kango, which I I appreciate. Yeah, yeah, and they get sucked up into space. It's those three, right? I'd want to make sure. Like I've got these camps of characters oh. clearly laid out. Yeah, so it's uh, on so on the ship. I'll I'll start with that. On the ship, we have Thena, Mercari, and Druig. Bastos goes back to his family. Sprite lives as yes. a human, and Kingo goes back to his Bollywood empire. Um, mm. But uh, Cersei rejoins Dane. Um, okay. Yes. And blah 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 blah. Let's see. Okay. Yes. And then this is where Arishem appears out like big sky, big head in front of the planet. It it just it looks like seemingly where everyone can see phone. Yeah. Right. He's so like all these. Right. An entire hemisphere is just looking at this big red guy in the sky. Yeah, and uh, he, I, yeah, he pulls up. Um, I, I, I guess he pulls up Cersei and yes, Kingo and Bastos. Oh, okay. Those yes. would be the remaining ones, right? The ones who like went I, back. I think to so. The, the the Earth, yeah. Um, and these guys, uh, like he. P- 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 Pulls them up. Uh, let's see. Summons Cersei, Kingo, and Fastos. Yes, he tells them that yes. he knows that uh, they failed his plan for the emergence of this new celestial. Uh, but he he's choosing to spare them for now. And yeah, basically is like, hey, in a few years, we're going to come back and we're going to judge the Earth here. So. Get ready. He's like, um, I'm going to search all of your memories for everything about humankind. I, based on your memories, I will judge Earth. Thumbs up or thumbs down. After, whenever I'm done with this, yeah. I'm going to come back. And there's going to be a reckoning, maybe. Indeed. Um, 
so that was the so that is like the main part of that first uh end credit scene but we get to see a little bit more about dane whitman so melissa yes what did you think about dane whitman here uh here just well he's in in the movie he's he's a guy he seems nice i like we don't spend a lot of time with him yeah are, are, I've never, are you familiar I, with his character at all or what he who, who he I, I was told that he's supposed to be a guy called the Black Knight who has like an Excalibur sword. And I don't know what he really does. I know that he's in the Midnight Suns, which I think is the important so, part here. So, yeah, he's a character named the, the Black Knight. Uh, but the mm. title of the Black Knight is one that has been yes. taken up by multiple people people throughout the throughout the years um including his uncle which may have been the one that Cersei was like hey go make amends with your it wouldn't be another uncle who knows um but so many uncles yeah the sword that he has yes uh has a a curse on it uh and it, it it has a like a blood lust that if he holds this sword he needs to basically go kill people um and that is why his uncle was potentially a bad guy in this thing again that's more from the comics we don't know exactly how it, it'll play out in mm. the movies here um but yeah he he in that scene mentions that his family history is kind of complicated actually um and we we don't really know what that means exactly but in the comics the black knight at one point was a member of the avengers um okay yes he has connections to blade and i guess in that sense uh like the midnight suns uh mm-hmm. they're just he he has connections to the the whole the like the more like supernatural side of the marvel yeah universe Fun. so with uh blade coming down the road uh this new morbius movie which may be our mm. like big introduction to vampires in the mcu maybe if it's in the mcu that's still kind of unclear exactly yeah um it just yeah it seems like we're g- 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 getting like we're stepping closer into that corner of the mcu too like we got these like giant cosmic beings mm-hmm. like up above here but then the like seedy like let's go let's go kill some vampires right uh, so i think it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with him um yeah, yeah that was wasn't really there in much of the film no no i yeah i I had heard like, oh, this is Dane Whitman. He's the Black Knight. This is another like superhero that the MCU is introducing. And I was watching the movie like. He's really not in this. Are they playing a real long game with the Black Knight? But he does get this post credit scene where like uh, so after his girlfriend gets sucked up into the sky by a big god credit scene too goes. He goes to his office and he's like, "Okay, time for me to get my like shiny oily sword that I've been scared to touch. And it's him getting psyched up to girlfriend. Imagine him like shaking the sword at Harrison. (laughs) The princess is with another celestial. 
He's he's in his office trying to get up the courage to touch his oily sword. And then from off camera, you hear a voice saying, like, "Uh, are you sure you want to do that, Mr. Whitman? I forget what the exact line is. Isn't that important? And like, I had no idea who this was. Uh, Turns out it is Mahershala Ali as Blade. I think I've only like seen Mahershala Ali. I don't know if I have watched him perform. I'm not sure if I've heard his voice before. He's, I think I've just seen the pictures of him actor. wearing the hat that says yep. Blade on it. <laughs> I'm sure I will see him in things. I'm getting there. So I didn't recognize yeah. his voice. And that was that was a fun well, surprise to find out that's who it was at the end of the day. That's the thing is that voice came on and I was sitting there and I heard people going like, oh, shit. Like, oh, my God. And I was just like, I don't. I don't know who that is. Like, I don't right. know I what the voice is. I could not and then tell. I, I heard some people in the theater being like, I think that was Nick Fury. And I was just like, it's kind no, of a Nick that, Fury that intonation. Yeah. It's reminiscent like, I, of Fury. I, I didn't get that at all. Like, that didn't remind me of him at all. Because I, I, I think that also might be just like Samuel L. Jackson's voice is so iconic. Right. That mm. it, it is like, oh, yeah, that obviously was not. But I, I guess it might not be as iconic as it is to me, like for other people, because I'd like they, when they said that, I was like, yeah, no, that's not him. Guy, Maybe people like, are just like, it. oh, he's the post credit scene guy. If I'm not sure who that is, I guess it's Nick Fury. <laughs> this seems like that's his guy role Fury. in this franchise. Yeah. 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 Um, which I mean, yeah, it, Aisha's it looking fit. at that golden container. <laughs> you know, we don't see who's in there. It's actually Nick Fury. It's not Adam Warlock at all. Anytime you weren't sure who somebody was, Nick Fury. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I had to look it up after words, and mm. it, it was like, no, that's Mahershala. Like that was Blade. So I'm, I'm if that sword does have a like this bloodlust curse i'm wondering if blade is g- gonna like try and recruit him on like hey i i know some things you can kill <laughs> you right. want to help me with uh all of that stuff here uh so, so they, they so might be dane vampire whitman, hunters is dane whitman the the seymour of this universe and is the sword like the audrey too like he has to just keep giving it blood I guess so. That that that's the thing. Like I I know more about the Black Knight than I know about the Eternals. But I also <laughs> don't know anything about the Black Knight. Like right. I, I just all I know are these guys' names, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Like so, I I'm I'm excited to see if like they are gonna introduce him in more of the supernatural side of things, and maybe we get a mm-hmm. Midnight Suns show or movie or something um or yeah if they're gonna go more of the avengers route with him because he has a history of being on the avengers team Mm. um we'll see we'll see we don't know but we've explained the whole plot so final thoughts on that do you have we didn't explain the whole whole plot forward well because we've got that's the second end credits and then it went to black well, we and was like the, the eternals will return the, they do they will return 
But there's also the one where it's Thena and Druig and Makari on the ship. And they're like, here we are. We're going to go out in space and find like if there's more of us. And then suddenly uh, (laughs) the the Harry Styles cameo appears, which I had heard rumors that that was going to happen in this movie. And my initial thought was, oh, what if this is like now that Sprite is a human and she goes to school? I have no idea. Right. Or like he's like a boy at her school because I don't know how old Harry Styles is. He's just a young man. So maybe he's also at like the high school Sprite goes to. And she's like, oh, boy, now that I'm mortal, I can have a boyfriend like that one. And then there it is. Cameo by famous (laughs) handsome pop singer Harry Styles. He just winks at the camera. No, he's playing a real character. He's playing Eros, Thanos' brother. Yeah. He just uh... appears. He just warps right onto there. Him and him and Pip. Patton Oswalt here, hearing voice. Happy to hear him. That's a voice you always recognize. Yes, I recognized his voice right away. It's also weird for me to hear his voice in that because he plays a character in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's an he and he's is Modoc. No, he's an agent of Sh- well, he's he's, he's I know Modoc in that cartoon, but he he plays an agent of Shale that like has like like he's one of like twelve uh, like a an octuplet so, who knows what like wow. like he, yeah uh, and they're all agents hey, of Shield. <laughs> wow, I um, like that. Yeah, and and they like one of them dies, and then they meet the next one, and they're just like, "Wait, we thought you you died. Like, what? So what happened?" Yeah, <laughs> he's just like the nurse joy of Agents yes. of Shield. Yes, yeah, exactly. I didn't know this was part of it. Exactly, yeah. Uh, but then Agents of Shield isn't really in canon hmm. anymore, and, and this Modok cartoon isn't either. But I like no, that they're. Not. They keep finding a place for him. He's a big nerd. He, he's, right. he's, he's a big nerd. He's so got such a distinctive voice. It. He is such a strong voice actor. Yeah, I'm happy anytime he pops up. And, and I did see like a comparison photo. And Harry Styles does look quite a bit like one of the drawings of, of Eros. So I think that is solid casting on that front. He does look like he should be in that role. He should be an Eros. Yeah. I... I what I think it is interesting about this is what the characters are talking about in this moment there, right? That they yeah. learned that there are other groups of Eternals yes. on yes. other planets uh, that uh, they could have also maybe defied the Celestials and that Eros appearing seems to imply that he has a plan to fight against the Celestials or he's starting to build a team yeah. to come up with a plan uh, or something like need, that. It's, it's unclear I need as exactly. many people as can stand on each other's shoulders and be as tall as one of them and then I'm going to poke him in the eye. It's my plan. Exactly. <laughs> do you know, a, do you have a thousand friends we can call? <laughs> I bet you the Celestials haven't even watched Three Stooges. We can pull this one on them. Oh <laughs> my god! Poke them in the eyes. <laughs> but he's got like six eyes. You, you gotta get. This is how they bring in Reed Richards. He can he can morph his body, pork a, poke a Celestial in every one of its eye holes at once. Uh, so let me ask you this, because I have a theory. 
now. And this is one of my like wild speculation things here. Okay, I like that. Now, now that we have basically talked about the whole thing, do you have like final thoughts or like wilder theories going forward? What you think might happen? One element we didn't touch on, I want to mention. I like the relationship between Druig and Makari a lot. I like how many variants of romance we got in this movie. We have the overt actual sex scene. I mean, PG-13 sex scene where like they're shirtless and on top of each other and you think you maybe see a thrust. I felt like the one that was in Iron Man was just as bad. Oh, it's so shadowy, though, and it's it's comedic. It's silly. It's this farther is like away. A more this one is serious. Up. It is more sensual. This is this is a prestige sex scene as much of a sex yes. scene as you can have in a PG-13 major blockbuster for fans of all ages. Like you've got that over romance. You've got whatever is going on between Gilgamesh and Athena where they're just like. I don't know if this is romance, but we are. He is committed to her. <laughs> she is his responsibility. Mm-hmm. They are lifelong companions. And you've got Drug and Makari who were like super flirty with each other. And at the end, when like all the uh, Eternals that fought in that final battle, like meet up with each other, like, oh, you're here. You're alive. Let's, you know, the group hug or whatever. They like go to each other and like, do you think they're going to kiss? But they just like press their foreheads together. It's really great. I like mm-hmm. how many types of romances and pseudo romances that we got to fit into this. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see those two again. They were one of my favorite dynamics we got in the movie. And again, like I said earlier, I I like Druig a lot. I think just because he was not what I expected. He's he's not the best guy, but coming into this expecting him to be the capital V villain. I, I, right. I was pleasantly surprised at many turns, even if he is a guy with problems. I agree. And I like that this is something he got to have is this, this girl that he loves in whatever way that he loves her and she loves him back. You know, even if they haven't seen each other in centuries, they step right back into that same old dynamic. And it's it's cute. Indeed. Um, I don't have yeah. theories. I just have things that are cute. OK, that's <laughs> fine. That works for me. Um, I I thought this this film was beautifully shot. Uh, yeah. I, I loved how this was mainly shot on location. Uh, ra- it was, rather yes. than like all of the big g- green screen that we see, I I really feel like that helped out a ton just to make it, mm-hmm. it look realistic and just make it beautiful. Like it, this was a stunning, stunning film. Um, I think. This is it's PG-13, so kids can go see it or like younger teens. But I I don't know if they're really going to have fun. Like, I, I don't think it's, this is a kid's movie. Um, Like, I don't I see like many like action it. figures and stuff. Yeah, I mean, there are some big, <laughs> big fights. But yeah, I, I, feel, I, I feel like this is of all the Marvel movies. This is the one that younger kids might find more boring because it, it it really does focus on the drama rather than the like comedy and the guns and explosions mm. and powers and it's yeah. it is it is more about the like moral conundrums and d- drama that is is there which yeah. i en- en- enjoyed i felt like this was a more mature 
movie than what we've gotten yes, so is... far in the MCU. So this is a, interesting. A, yeah, we've had a lot of milk chocolate films. This was a dark chocolate film. Yes. Yes. It's like yeah. a like 65 percent cacao in this. Yeah. Yeah. Dark chocolate film. I like it. And like, um, and like some kids like dark chocolate, you know, so sure. it, it'll it'll appeal to some people. Maybe this will be like the first serious adult film that like a nine year old sees. And this gets exactly. them into more stuff on that level as like a, a basic entry point. Exactly. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes. They said the Eternals will return. I don't think this movie is going to get a sequel. I don't think we're going to get Eternals 2. I think these characters will still be around in whatever other movies or shows or stuff like that. But yeah, I I don't think this film needs a sequel either. Like I I, like that is also kind of kind of what fascinates me about this. Film. Mm-hmm. like this was a good introduction to those characters i'm excited to see more of them but i don't want a sequel per se i just want to see how this impacts the mcu going forward um yeah which is i i think really exciting but here's my theory melissa okay if we if we so we take this idea idea that celestials like like impregnate is a weird word but like implant you, uh these sure. planets with their seed right so that a a, a young itty bitty baby celestial uh can one day be born uh which is oddly similar to what ego was planting he is a celestial these things he's one of them Indeed. Except he looks like a um, Kurt Russell instead of a big space statue. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I mean, like that might be a thing. Like maybe he could have changed into uh, like his shape was not the like big six eyed thing, but his shape was just a big ball. Right. Because he's right. Yeah. Ego, the, the living, living planet. planet. Um, yeah. But my theory is. What if Galactus instead of feeding on the life force of actual planets is actually trying to eat the seeds of these celestials and in doing so also ends up just eating the whole planet yeah. right because it's like how many licks does it take to get to the center of a tootsie pop pop, pop right Crunch. and i i yeah i i I, f- I feel like that would be a good introduction for go galactus if not the fantastic four down the 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 road that hey there's this like half birthed uh celestial on this planet uh and uh galactus is like ah my favorite kind dark chocolate (laughs) dark chocolate planet here we go uh and yeah like there might be something with that but that's just my like super speculation. There's no no. You're we have nothing that's a good jumping off point. This could lead that, us to a Galactus. Could, could be interesting. Yeah, we'll get to. I don't know when we'll get to Galactus because I feel like we got Kang. We, we've had our our Kang appetizer. We've yet to hit the Kang entree. I feel like Doom's got to be a priority. I feel like we'd see Doom ahead of Galactus. 
They're sure. you know, just yeah. planting seeds of Galactus. You know, we saw Ultravision just straight chomp up a galaxy in What If, which feels exactly. like a spiritual nod to Galactus. Yep. Indeed. Indeed. So there you go. That's my thoughts on Eternal. Eter- Eternals. Yeah. Uh, Eternal. One. Yeah, it's growing on me. But it's still, it's still, it's not my favorite. It, it, it's not good enough. Excuse me. It's not gonna like rank high up on my list of favorite mm. Marvel movies or stuff like that. It has its problems, but it, it's it's also like it's so interesting because of yeah. the risks that it took. Yeah. So good stuff. I say yeah. go watch it. Go check it out. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Even if it isn't super well balanced, I I like how nuanced it is. I like that it is comfortable being it gray and like having characters aware yes. that they are in a gray zone and how they deal with that interpersonally and the disagreements and allowances they give each other. I think it's a gr- a great movie for the characters. I like them a lot. <laughs> I I am curious to see how this movie's legacy continues, both within like the lore of the MCU. Like, what are the after effects going to be now that we've got these Eternals? The Earth had a celestial inside of it. Now we've got that big hand in the Indian Ocean, et cetera, et cetera. But also like uh, how opinion of this movie continues to evolve is maybe we get a couple years out and the MCU continues to try new things and try different tones and drop us into new places. Yeah. One thing that's ex- been exciting to me is that this year, like we had Shang-Chi and Eternals, both of which are movies that are pretty much all new stuff or a lot, mainly <laughs> new stuff. Not a lot of familiar things there uh, where there wasn't a ton of lead up to them. And I also wasn't sure where exactly they, they would be the go next. What is this the jumping off point for? What is this a step? I can see where this has been a stepping stone from something where will it be a stepping stone to something where are we going to see any of these people next when's the next time we're seeing anybody how does kang factor into this celestials and this like weird tentacle uh monster thing theme that we keep seeing in like shang chi and what if and all this stuff "Hmm, what's going on here there's some yeah there's still a lot of mystery of just what's next yeah and they can yeah do it in the serious mythological mystery way or i just love nods now about yeah there's a big hand in the indian ocean people will take trips to see the hand or we'll just get somebody mentioning like i love the kingo franchise of films uh i love phantom gun (laughs) which is is one of the posters hanging up in his private jet it looks like a james bond it's called phantom gun you need to know what phantom gun is good stuff i just like that these are now sprinkled as like fun like jokes that we've got to play with now it it added that (laughs) much onto the lore also yep indeed indeed i had a blast but i say let's wrap this up here uh, Mm. because we have been going for almost two hours it's a it's a deep movie it's a chunky one chunky one indeed uh but with that melissa where can the people find you on the internet 
You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities, a show where me and my brother Jams talk about weird old kids shows you feel like only you remember. Our last episode that came out is on Sonic Underground. Okay, there you go. Which is just a cartoon series where Sonic the Hedgehog is a lost prince who plays in a rock band. There you go, Sonic fans. Eat your heart out. Uh, <laughs> if you guys want to stay up to date with me, I am at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter. And if you guys want to follow all of the stuff that we do here at The Whatnots, we are at The Whatnots on Twitter. So please go like, share, and subscribe. That would help us out a ton. Uh, please go spread the word. Uh, that would mean a lot to us here. Uh, and yeah. I believe that wraps us up for our spoiler cast for Marvel's Eternals. Uh, We hope you guys enjoyed it, uh, and we will see you all next week, I believe, because Uh uh, Hawkeye is starting on Disney+. Plus. They are releasing episodes one and two uh, this next week. Um, So we will have those to talk about. Uh, And for the next few weeks here, we'll have episodes of hawkeye to talk about uh it's gonna be interesting i think i might actually go see my parents for the first time in like two years because of the pandemic stuff so i'm i'm depending on when it wraps up i might be podcasting from out in wyoming where my parents are so uh yeah we'll see what happens yeah we got spider-man to plan around too that too and uh the uh god the the why I, I i i want to t- talk about matrix uh all, all oh, that yeah. stuff. I, I i don't remember how how into all of that stuff you are but uh none i, I would love if to you, talk about matrix maybe i'll see i've seen non matrix maybe i'll see this one first <laughs> having seen none of the previous <laughs> ones <laughs> I want to see how I do. This is a franchise that I've been wanting to approach by trying to take it backwards. I want to do that with one franchise and see what that does to me. What have I done? (laughs) I did this to myself. I know. Oh, well. Uh, But but yeah, so be on the lookout for uh, some more stuff uh, down the road here as we head into December and in the end of the year. It'd be good. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, But we will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.